Hello, Internet, and welcome to the uh, first episode, our pilot episode of uh, the Indie Game House podcast. Um, my name is Kyle Pulver, and I'm joined by my three lovely housemates and a special guest who will now introduce themselves. Uh, I'm Aaron Robinson. I make independent games. I'm Steve Swink. I also make independent games, and I make some games at a university, too. I'm Corey Nolan. I also make games at a university, and uh, am leader of the IGDA chapter out here in Phoenix. And uh, I'm the special guest, uh, Michael Todd. I make uh, various weird indie games. Cool. Um, I guess I should also say that I make games. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. You're the famous Kyle Pullman. It was implied. We okay. may be also joined by a special guest, Derek Yu. Or, oh, yeah. or Steve Blood. will be playing Spelunky yeah. this entire podcast. <laughs> right. You can hear the clicks and clacks of the 360 controller. <laughs> and then probably some rage. What? No, I'm just <laughs> checking my email. Okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> Okay, um, so we just want to talk about whatever, I guess. We don't really have too much planned for this episode, and we're going to try to feel it out and see if we should, um, you know, plan out episodes or just sort of free format and see how long we should go. Um, so I guess we should just start with uh, Michael Todd. You just released a game to the internet. Yeah, I just uh, finished and released uh, Little Gardens, which is an adorable little puzzle game with all these cute animals and stuff. Um, I started working on my next game, which is all about dragons and suicide and, like, blood. <laughs> I, I like well, to the mix old, it up. The old dragons and suicide genre. I yeah. love sixth Popular grade. Popular You're luring them in with the cute puzzle garden game. We're not giving too much away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I really suck at, like, you know, transferring, like, markets between games, apparently. Yeah, where's your branding? Yeah. Unlike the famous Kyle Pulver. <laughs> you, you have a lot of... Uh, brand recognition oh yeah people know what they're gonna get the... when they play i think a you should talk special. about uh you should talk about the price point you chose for that game because oh yeah that's interesting well yeah so i was talking with uh uh rami from um Vambler about um the price point and he had a really good point he's like how much um are, are the people who are going to enjoy this game and who are going to buy the game and yeah because i've sold a bunch of copies and people have been emailing me and um asking me for interviews and a bunch of people really like it so it's it's a puzzle game, and I sold it for nineteen ninety nine, which is high for a puzzle game. Um, and I know it, but I'm really proud of this game. I spent a lot of time on it, and I really like every time I play it. I sit back afterwards, and I'm like, "Fuck, I really love this game." And it's more than I can say about something. Is <laughs> yeah, it's like I really like this game, and like it started because I built this tiny little prototype, and a friend of mine, um, M. McGinley, was like, "Fuck, you need to build me more levels." So. I built more levels. Um, yeah, it's just the, the people, baby talking. The people who are <laughs> yeah, apparently. So she was uh, <laughs> unexpectedly pregnant at the time. It's a whole other story. <laughs> she, didn't, to go she, over didn't, she didn't know. <laughs> oh God! You just hit yourself with a rock, Steve. You shut your mouth. <laughs> I meant to do that. It's my handicap. <laughs> your handicap Steve, is sucking. <laughs> yeah, the spunky is too easy for me. So I like the handicap if I just throw three or four health down the drain. <laughs> <laughs> right, so uh, so you're selling a lot of copies at, at your price point, is that what you said? I, I'm selling enough. It, it's, yeah. it's basically, the thing is that the people who want it are totally willing to pay the price point, and the people who are just going to play halfway through the first world and forget about it uh, can wait for a Steam sale, or uh, when I eventually lower the price in six months or a year. <laughs> Most developers don't say that outright, but... Yeah, well, I'm, I'm people know what's up. Yeah, they, yeah, Are they you know. planning on going through the Steam Greenlight? Oh, process? God, I hope not. <laughs> Is that the general consensus right now? I kind of feel that way like about that? it, too. Has anybody been mm. through that? I, I it doesn't know. start until the end of the month. Oh, I see. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I have... Um, contacts at Steam and I really don't want to like I, I haven't really looked at Greenlight what is it like I have to fan source um, getting attention sort of I mean it's sort of like if uh, if you were to have like a, a Facebook fan page for your game and then people could like hit the like button on it it's like that for Steam but if you get a lot of uh, people to like you know basically upvote your game then you're basically just I, I guess that you're essentially just increasing the chances that Valve is going to like believe that your game is good enough for Steam just put a Minecraft logo on it, you'll be fine. Yeah, I was going to say that the tactic is set up this page, get Notch to retweet it, bam, you're on Steam. <laughs> yeah. The business model bam, is a business model. Down. Yeah. Yeah, well, okay, so seriously, it was it's meant to be a, a better discovery right. method for Valve people because they're completely overwhelmed when it comes to games yeah. putting yeah. on Steam. That, that's cool. I mean, you know, we'll see. 
Um, I'm not in any particular hurry. I'm selling it off my site. Um, like I said, I'm starting to work on my next game because because my highest priority right now is um, over the last five years I've uh, released one game solo and I've worked on a bunch of other games. Most of some of which have released and. Um, my highest priority right now is to get into a groove of making games, selling games, making another game, selling another game. And I mean, the games need to be good, but um, part of it is, is to not get stuck. So, well, I've released the game, that's cool. Um, I've, I'm gonna release a patch for the demo kind of thing. I'm not really worried about getting it on Steam right this second, I'm busy working on my next game, just so that I can keep momentum kind of flowing. Wow, so you don't feel like you're overworking yourself ever? Well, I mean, I only work a certain number of hours a day and I mean the work's always there for the last decade I've done games and the work is just always there like the game is never finished the games are never finished it's just a question of like working to a point where you don't burn out yeah um, I think that's a really smart way to look at it it's not like you're ever going to be home free or anything I mean you can take breaks but yeah it's all about like managing your incredible workload <laughs> um, so we talked a lot about this game do we do we say like the name of it and the URL people can find it Oh, that's a good point. It's uh, Little Gardens by Michael Todd, and it can be found at littlegardensgame.com. Um, and it's my website is michaeltoddgames.com. Cool. Very yeah, cool. I also put links up there on the site. Because um, you had another game come out recently, too, that you could talk about, Sound Shapes. Oh, well, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I was a level designer on Sound Shapes, which came out for the PS Vita. It uh, featured uh, Dead Mouse and... Um, I don't know, a, bun a bunch of uh, fairly famous musicians. Beck. My favorite artist, yeah, featured Beck. Um, and my favorite artist ever, uh, Super Brothers, uh, who made uh, Sword and Sorcery. He made a whole series of musical levels, and I mean, the man is a musical genius. <laughs> like, uh, we made a game like five years ago, and I'm, I'm like, I want to, I want to shoot zombies. I want to make a game where we shoot zombies. And he's oh, like, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Let's put it to music, and then it turned <laughs> out amazing. What game was that? Uh, that was the Scourge. So he, he, he picked this track, and it has like slow parts and like tense parts and like really fast action parts. And then we, we based all the monster spawning off of the flow of the music. Whoa. And so the whole game is like, when the music is like really tense, there's no monsters. Because you're just like, what the fuck? What the fuck is happening? And then it, and then it explodes, and monsters come from every doorway, and it's amazing. Hmm. Yeah. Where can I get this game? Uh, <laughs> that's just on michaeltoddgames.com. Really? Um, yeah. But it's like it's not my genius. It's totally his genius. The man <laughs> makes amazing art, but he also like has this incredible taste in how to match stuff into music. I mean, you can tell that from sorcery. Yeah. Mm. That's really cool. Yeah. So sound shapes. Uh, you should totally get it. You should totally play it. It's it's incredibly amazing. <laughs> That's what I've heard all over the internet. Worth getting a Vita? Yeah. Honestly, it should be played on a Vita. Um, I had the most amazing job for a while. I went in. They handed me my custom clunky, you know, not quite finished Vita. And I sat down and I made levels. And my job was actually one of the first level designers to build the levels on the Vita. Because they really wanted to get the in-game level editor yeah, yeah. going well. And eventually the whole team switched over to developing on the Vita. Like, the game is, is designed around the concept of, um, you know, you should be able to make levels using the portable. And, uh, it like, I had just the sweetest job. I just went in, basically picked up the, the modern equivalent of a Game Boy and made game design levels the day. It was great. Sounds Does pretty cool. check in on the Vita lately, like how it's doing and whether or not there are good games for it and stuff? Um, there's sound shapes. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, I haven't really heard. <laughs> Do people buy Vitas? That's, right, that's the question, right? It seems like people are not buying Vitas. <clears throat> I, I kind of forget about it. I would I play just, Gravity Rush. That looked really cool. Oh, yeah. It's in my People were very split on that. <laughs> really? The reviews that I read were either super positive or super negative. It's really beautiful. And uh, trying something different. I didn't get very far in the demo, but that kind of, kind of this like really neat graphic novel style. And hmm. because it has the six axis, you can actually like pan around like the speech bubbles and stuff are like in 3D in the graphic novel and I was like reading through it and I didn't even notice that and then I moved accidentally and I was like what? <laughs> what is this witchery? It's like this is too good for us like we didn't need this it's like too beautiful you know <laughs> we could have just had what we had <laughs> you fell on some spikes yeah hmm yeah yeah I don't know anything about like the Vita stuff but I feel like I should since I'm like making Your a game games on the Vita <laughs> <laughs> ouch yeah which game is that, Kyle? Uh, it's a game called Snapshot I've been working on since 1995. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, a good year. 
Really good gear. Macarena. Uh, yep. Mambo number five, I believe. That was 99. Oh, okay. Why do I know that? I got my wow, driver's license impressive. that year. <laughs> you got what? Nothing. Uh, that's pretty late. I feel like, oh, 95 is probably like the end of the Super Nintendo era, I guess. The what? Um, the what now? Yeah. The, you know, the thing that was, was not the Sega Genesis. I'm not sure what you're talking about. <laughs> How old were you in 1995? Were you also nine? No, he had to be cool for the Super NES by that point. Yeah, I slicked my hair back like Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> so this new Spelunky machine I bought works. That's good. It's expensive to play Spelunky, though. It costs like $300 oh, it used to, to get. Be, it used to be free until, until oh, the yeah. Derek Yakuza decided that it was going <laughs> to be on the Xbox. He really puts the squeeze on you that Derek Yakuza. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not true, though, because the machine that I play other Spelunky on, that was like a $1,500 machine. Yeah, yeah, this is kind of a bargain. Yeah. <laughs> the price is coming down as the components get cheaper to play Spelunky. <laughs> okay, so this is also kind of the uh, E3 episode. Oh, yeah, you guys... Yeah, we. Had, I guess there was a lot of discussion about E3, even though it was like two months ago now, I guess. Yeah, it's totally still well. We were going to do this right after E3. Yeah, we were going to do this after E3, and then oh, yeah. everyone got and back then... from E3 and died for a while. So Yeah, <laughs> we used up all of our social points and then had to go. I mostly died inside. Yeah, right. well, E3 you said you, you said you make games, and then you just kind of, like, stop when you get to the point where you feel like it's pretty good, or, you know, you there's always more work to do. I try to make games until I don't hate myself. It never <laughs> seems to work, and I never release things. <laughs> no, it, it is pretty interesting, like... Like, getting into that cycle of making and releasing a game is, like, it's really hard to do. So, I guess, yeah, it's something that I want to work on, too. Just releasing stuff and not feeling like stuff is never... Like, a game, it's so hard to finish a game just because it's just, like, it's never... You never feel like it's ready to just be in somebody else's hands unsupervised. It's like, okay, I'm going to send my game off to kindergarten for the yeah. first day. <laughs> it's like, it's going to be better. Don't look at that part yet. You know? <laughs> right. We're actually going through now and replacing a bunch of stuff with cubes just so we can get it feeling good you know, without having to worry about if the art is distracting us from what it actually feels like and stuff. Yeah. And that's, it's, it's good and bad, you know, because it's just going to be something that's only comprehensible to me for a while, but that's okay. I now uh, have this hilarious compound image of like a mom dropping her preschooler off at... at at, uh, yeah, the preschool and just being like, oh, she's gonna get smarter, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> We're working on this. I know she'll, that she's she'll still... She'll learn where to put the blocks in right. she smells next bad. update. She still wets her pants right now. We're working on a fix We're for that. patch that uh, out. You <laughs> <laughs> hear about that kid who had a Lego wheel stuck up his nose for three years? <laughs> <laughs> was that you? <laughs> no. I totally actually No, it was not. When I was a kid. You what? I ate a Lego. Eating a Lego is legit. Yeah, but they also make that Lego candy. Like, have you guys seen that? It's yeah. like a candy. Yeah. It's like actually Legos. You can build things out of it. Yeah. So dumb. It's in your hand. They're all sticky <laughs> it's, it's and you have a bunch of things you don't want to eat. It's a good way to get germs all over your candy if that's what they're going for. I don't right. know. Germs all over your Lego. Yeah. Lego candy. Same thing. <laughs> okay, so let's talk, let's talk a little bit more about what happened at E3. Okay. Because that was weird and crazy. So you were showing Snapshot yeah. up at Yonder Vita booth. Yep. Which is kind of like a wasteland. Um, well, it was in the Sony booth, which was, like, uh, as far as I could tell, like, some sort of constant rave party. Um, <laughs> on a like, floor, I saw you. Yeah. When like, I picture the apocalypse, that's how I picture it. Sure. It was, like, it was, like, the huge screen showing, the, like, the, the, the trailers, and I feel like that weird Lara Croft trailer popped up all the time, and I was just like, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, yeah, the, the Sony booth was pretty populated, but, yeah, the Vita booth seemed to be... Um, having some trouble attracting people. I mean, people loved going to the Metal Gear Solid Vita section because you know, Metal Gear Solid. It's just the same game again, right? Uh, yeah, it was like a collection pack of the first three games. Or something, <laughs> so people are all over that. You were literally correct. Yeah. <laughs> you know who bought that? Who? Tommy. Oh yeah. I'm sure, Tommy <laughs> yeah. bought that. Probably. It doesn't. Does he have a Vita? Probably. Oh okay. I mean, he has the meat jet that probably has right. a Vita in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, I was over, I was in the Sony booth for three days straight, standing around, um, attempting to interact with other humans that would play Snapshot, and, uh, I thought I was going to die in the last day, like, literally. Like, 
Because well, I remember, like, standing around and being like, this can't be good for me, like, standing around for, like, three days straight. <laughs> and then, like, I got really, really dizzy. Okay. I, I ended up, like, leaning, leaning up against one of the Vita stations and just sort of, like, figure out what the hell was happening. And then, and then this, like, Sony executive that I met, like, three years ago and hadn't seen since, like, she's like, hey, Kyle. And I'm like, oh, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Hot. what and then he was just like he's like hey i haven't seen you in a long time and i was like oh yeah yeah totally and i was just like so out of it and i was i was really surprised i was able to carry on a conversation with this person because I, I i was mo- i was moments until until death but then um, <laughs> sony gave me free lunch every day um, but then the, the saying goes there's no such thing as free lunch so um what does sony want from you i don't know why well, you eat terrible they lasagna me, they want, no it was, it was awesome it was like they had like uh pulled pork and macaroni and cheese and stuff it was great mm. so yeah that behind was, the scenes yeah yeah if you guys ever get a chance to do a sony show yeah you should definitely do it because they give you awesome food um, did they call it something awesome and edgy because they're sony uh, like pulled pork and macadoo or something no <laughs> pulled macadoos it was it, they just had like the catering company do it uh, they, <laughs> they just like left them in charge of the food um but yeah that, that's 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 pretty much sums up my e3 experience <laughs> You think the game got some good buzz? You, you, there were a lot of people playing Snapshot, actually. Uh, yeah, there there are quite a few people playing it. I think um, I was kind of like super anxious about it just because the build wasn't really running at uh, like it wasn't running at sixty frames per second, and there was like so, still like some like texture bugs and stuff. Because like the Vita version like was just started and basically built for that show, and so whenever stuff like that happens, I just like, it drives me insane. So like. I'm just trying to, like, keep my shit together as I'm watching this demo that looks horribly broken to me and, like, watch people play through it. The people are, in the meantime, are like, please, this is fun. Right, yeah, most people don't notice. Yeah, but, like, I never expect that. It's like, when I go to show my game, like, at E3, I was just like, I was expecting people to be like, yeah, this is interesting, but here are all the problems with it, because that's how I look at it. Right. <laughs> but no, they're just like, this is fun, I'm enjoying this. And right. Even if it got really hard, that like wasn't a deterrent for them. I was like, oh yeah, this, people are okay with challenging things in video games. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I, uh, I heard that described as a, by a friend of mine growing up, he was a lieutenant, like, colonel, tank commander, and he, he, um, <laughs> he, he called it the infinite spiral, and it was just like, you start in the center with any creative endeavor and you work your way outwards and you can see the entire spiral like you can see the whole space around you and you're always like look there's more there's more there's more there's more and however someone who sees the actual product can only see what you actually did they're like wow this is awesome there's all this stuff and then it ends just where it's supposed to end like like it's this kind of you can always see these infinite possibilities yeah and then you just have to chop off the spiral and it never ends right? that like come from a tank with a single broken tread because I'm imagining <laughs> a tank just going in an infinite spiral you just gotta call it man you gotta call it quits on that tank someday yeah <laughs> eventually you have to get out of the tank yeah. come on new <laughs> tanky <laughs> it's a good lesson in there somewhere yeah so cool. yeah um, you how, how was your E3 experience, Steve? <sighs> All right. Oh, careful, don't hit the... Sorry. <laughs> well, let's talk about hype. Because <laughs> uh, I took scale to my game scale, where you scale objects up and down.com. I actually registered scale, <laughs> scalegame.com. Oh, nice. That's that's what everyone said when they came down from upstairs. There was like a bunch of journalists came by, and they were mm-hmm. like, we heard this game where you scale things up, and you just scale them down. Yeah. Like the Mega 64 guys yeah, came yeah. down, and then they were like, oh, yeah, it's actually pretty cool. <laughs> Thanks, bros. Respect knuckles. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I didn't expect it at all. I when I look at my game right now, I'm like, wow, it's real broken. <laughs> it's, that's there are not enough things working. There are enough things that are interesting to prove that I should continue working on it. Mm. But there are not enough things working in the game, in my opinion, for like someone to pick it up and say, wow, this is really great. But that's what kept happening. Yep. They put you right by the uh, the traffic area. Indicated did. You were like facing the the main artery where everybody was going by. Yes. I think that was intentional. Yeah, you had access to all the red blood cells. Yeah. <laughs> so that makes me a dendrite in this <laughs> diagram. Kind of. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was really interesting. But so apparently, my brain is a factory for concepts that get people really excited, but which are regrettably difficult to implement technically. <laughs> Everybody has a thing. Yeah, everyone has to have a shtick. That's what I do. But yeah, it's so, I don't know. I feel like the game was really not at all ready to be shown. And, and I, I had all these changes that I wanted to make 
and kind of had like a freak out last minute because it was clear that I just didn't have enough time or energy after working it on the game at ASU all day. And so we arrived there and I just had this crappy old broken build and I was so pissed off by that that I just like sat and recoded the whole thing basically <laughs> and made like 10 new levels and all these puzzles and all this stuff and I just kept like pushing players out of the way and re-downloading <laughs> re the Thumb build. Drive, yeah. And then this, this indicated uh, volunteer kept coming by and being like, this is the wrong build and closing it and like opening the crappy old one. Oh. <laughs> That's really weird. Indicated. Man, volunteers are on top of their stuff. Yeah, oh, indicated. Well, he was checking up on it, so that was, you must say that. Yeah. But yeah, no, and so now I'm in this situation again, the same situation I felt like I was in Shadow Physics, uh, where there's some videos out there of the game, and everybody's really excited about it, and everyone has an opinion on it, and everyone says it's going to be like the next portal or whatever. Mm. And I, you know, it's it's a lot better situation than last time because I feel like it's much easier for me to control all aspects of the production of the game. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, that's not probably what I want the final art treatment to be, and there's all these ideas that I have that just don't work right now that are integral to the integrity of the work. I just double used the integral. They don't work uh, like technically right now? They don't work technically right now for various reasons, but in order to, for, to create a work that has integrity on this subject, I would need to do those things. Right. So I need to find someone to write a sweet Unity physics plugin that uses some new type of physics engine that's really all about scaling objects up and down and launching them around or something. Right. Or help me hack into the physics code or whatever. And this is where you, the listener, come in. Yeah. <laughs> you want to help. This is where DJ Corey Nolan comes in with her mad physics knowledge. <laughs> so, I have a question, actually. Did you find the, like, because you got, I mean, you guys both got covered on Kotaku, you and Aaron. Um, did you find it was, like, premature or, like, didn't want it? Or was, I was it still a good thing? I was kind of scared because there wasn't any video of the game online anywhere. You know, I was going to wait till I had, like, the perfect trailer or whatever, but I'm still adding stuff to the game, and art is still changing, so I wasn't going to do that. And then, you know, Kotaku's like, oh, can we just film you playing this? And I was like, it was, like, a hard decision to be like, okay, yes, you know, this is probably going to be a net positive thing. And sure enough, like, it got a lot of hits and a lot of really, really positive comments, and, like, that is always super encouraging, you know? You kind of keep your head down and work on stuff, and it's so good to actually see, like, humans responding to it in a way that's, like, positive. <laughs> yeah, like every every artist slash like indie game creator I know, uh, when they're working on their stuff, has no idea if it's good or not. Yeah, and it eventually leads to this incredible anxiety slash paranoia <laughs> that you're just working on this incredibly crappy thing that nobody would like, and then all of a sudden you just have one of those experiences where you take it to like a show or like E three or PAX, and then people actually enjoy it, and you're just like, oh, thank God, okay. Yeah. Like, no, E three was wonderful. E three was wonderful. Like everybody who came by and played the game. Like, some people would just, like, sit and play it in silence for half an hour, and I'd just be, like, standing there, like, not sure what to think, and then they'd get up and be like, <laughs> they'd just get up and be like, yeah, it's great. <laughs> Thank God. It's like, it's like you're watching uh, that that crazy chef Ramsay guy taste the thing you just cooked, mm -hmm. and you're just, like, waiting for him to either, like, shoot you in the head or, like, say it was amazing. <laughs> it's a good show. <laughs> right. He just spits it on the floor. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Must be sweeps week. <laughs> Many sweeps. <laughs> Gotta kill some reality show contestants. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch it. Uh, but yeah, like, even, I don't know, the highlight of my show pretty much was, like, one of the guys from NASA who was there trying to get people to, like, it seems like what, part of what they want to do is get more, more, more of the public interested in their missions, and part of how they want to do that is through games, and so they just kind of have, like, an open interest in it right now, and he came by and played my game, which is about, like, space and physics and gravity, and he told me, like, he's like, playing it and it's like he's like not very good but he's still having a lot of fun and he told me it was like the best thing he played at E3 and I was just like oh, I'm good at retire <laughs> I don't need to impress anybody else <laughs> and then you introduced him to me and I was like that's fucking awesome space yeah you high fived him <laughs> it was great we just finished watching those amazing NASA documentaries yeah like the mm. how we went to the moon documentaries oh yeah on Netflix that's some inspiring shit. That's from back when America was cool. <laughs> well, we just went. We just went. To, we just went to Mars with the with the SUV. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, that's pretty thing. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Um, but um, so Aaron, what are the details on your game? When like it's Gravity Ghost. Yep, uh, it is a physics-based platformer set in space. It is, although it's uh, got radial controls, so it's a little bit more like uh, the Little Prince. You can run all the way around planets. You can run around upside down and jump around that way. And I. Hadn't seen a game do that 
really explore that idea very much, so I thought I would do it. And it turns out that's really, really hard, uh, and I didn't know that. <laughs> um, but luckily, it's moving forward pretty well. I've uh, hired a programmer named Michael Stevenson to... No relation to this Michael. I don't know why they'd be related. They're both named Michael. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Different All guy. Michaels are Same just this giant cult. Well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he's doing a great job doing some tools programming so I can make more interesting levels faster and stuff. And It's got this whole thing where you have to terraform planets and cultivate little spirit animals that run around. And I think it'll be quite pretty when it's done. And we have actually some... It's quite pretty done. Thank you, Steve. We've got <laughs> some uh, like procedural plants in the game that like I can just plug in art for, and they grow in really beautiful ways. And you know, I just like I turn their growing speed down to like this takes five minutes to grow, and I just like turn on my music and I watch them because I find that relaxing. You know, it's it's coming along. I think mm. I think I'm actually gonna put it in the game that like you know these plants are growing in real time, and you can like just like hit the down arrow to like zoom in the camera and your character will like sit down and you'll just like you can sit and watch if you want to. Yeah. This isn't a game with like any sort of time pressure, you know, and I think I can make everything in the game kind of speak to that. You know, it's just like take it at your own pace and it's like it's still really hard. It's a challenging game, but you know, there's nothing pushing you one way one way or the other. And also the character's dead so you can't die. So, <laughs> you know. Different right. different way of designing things. Yeah. She's getting used to it. That's right. kind of the, that's the deal that's her deal. That was awesome. She's you know, it's it's not so bad. <laughs> Everyone has their lot. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, to wrap up my thoughts on hype, do we think it's a good idea or a bad idea to promote your game before it's like pretty close to release and you really know what it's going to be, or is it worth kind of the benefit of motivation that you get from showing it off a little bit early? Well, games kind of have this like flash in the pan thing when they come out. Like as soon as it comes out, that's the news. It's like, oh, this game is out now. Unless you have some way to keep it in the news with new stuff, like it's just going to disappear. So I think it probably is good to have some kind of build-up at least in mind. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like uh, for press stuff, there's like a limited amount of attention span that you that you can spend, unless you're like constantly producing. Mr. Edmund and Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> or, a wizard, or a wizard. Right. It's like unless you're constantly producing like incredible newsworthy content all the time, it's just like I feel like I have a limited amount of of like press attention to spend on like any given project and it's it's kind of weird for me because like snapshot was first introduced to the world as like a weird multimedia fusion prototype that i made that got into the igf and Which then was awesome to speedrun by the way <laughs> yeah yeah we speedrunned a lot at e3 the, the same year <laughs> um but like in a way it was just like it, it was it was amazing to be in the igf and everything it was like such an awesome experience but at the same time, I was like, wow, this game is nowhere near ready to be exposed to the world in this manner. Like, it's just like, now it's just like, it's become this game that I've been working on for so goddamn long, and it's changed so much since that original prototype that it's like, I feel like I would have rather have not had the prototype, like, exposed like that, but I don't know, it's, I, I can never guess it's like what, as to what would have happened if it didn't turn out that way. Do you have any trouble with people getting confused? Like they see old screenshots and they repaste them as though they're the game. Does that happen? Um, sometimes it sometimes happens with like not the super old prototype, but the um, like the first screenshots we posted of like the new version when we started doing like the the HD art and stuff like that. Some people have like uh, posted like we've found some articles that are just like, hey, here's this game snapshot, and like they post like a really really old screenshot with mm -hmm. like the super old design of the main character and so it's just it, yeah it can lead to some confusion which is kind of a concern of getting pressed too early yeah that's one of the arguments against it one of the Although, reasons not to when you had the original press it was like what is this Yoshi's Island right <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're just printing screenshots of Yoshi's Island right oh, yeah you heard of this game snapshot <laughs> yeah all my games look like Yoshi's Island even if I don't like I didn't even do the art for the for the prototype but uh yeah, I don't know, because like I feel like for Offspring Fling, I didn't sh I didn't try to show anything at all except for like maybe, like I posted a screenshot on Twitter every once in a while. And it was just like, hey, here's what I'm working on, and it didn't pick up any attention at all. People were just like, oh, that's cool. And then uh, when I when I released the trailer, like the first trailer I did, not the not the amazing Kurt Gardner trailer <laughs> of the Super Nintendo stuff, but um, Super Nintendo. Uh, it was like people were like messaging me like, how did you keep this hidden for so long? And I'm just like, I don't know, like I. I feel like I feel like I tried to get, like tried to get it out there a couple of times, but it's just like nobody really was paying attention. Yeah. Yeah, I guess everyone always feels like they talk about their games so much, and then it's not actually true. It's like, all I do all day is think about this. I don't want to talk about it with anybody. <laughs> I don't want to talk. About I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> um, so it's actually it's actually really interesting because I think 
getting press is, is, is super good and build up and launch and exactly like you have a certain amount of press attention that you spend and it's like people only care about new stuff like journalists only care about what happened today not what happened three years ago right yeah. like that's fair enough that's their job um, and so yeah you, you gotta I don't know about rationing but you gotta use it well mm -hmm. yeah um, kind of gotta tell a story too you know yeah like, oh, I developed this game while I was working at, you know, in a sheep farm or something. Right. <laughs> As an example. I cut off my left ear while making the yeah. I cut yeah. off my left sheep farm. <laughs> um, I made a very conscious decision with Little Gardens to not pursue press. And I, like, on purpose wasted what press momentum I had. And it took all of my balls to do that. Like, that was really wow, fucking all hard. Of that's that's a lot of the balls. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's, 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 uh, I got several of the balls. That's your that's your favorite balls. And what was yeah. your reason for doing that? Just to free yourself from that feeling that like there's this extra work you have to do at the end that's, that is getting pressed? Um, partially, partially because I wanted to keep the momentum going. If this game succeeded you know, somewhat due to press, that's great, but I didn't make another game, then I failed. Mm -hmm. um, but also the, the big reason was this game was fairly cheap for me to produce and I found that the fans who played it, who liked it, fucking loved it. And so I didn't really feel that I needed to get a bunch of hype and try and you know make it big with this project. I just wanted to have it out and have it available and then over time uh, get it in various sales or bundles or, or portals and then um, you know enough people would play it, and it would make back its money, and it would it would allow me to fund the next right. game. And the headline could be like releases update, you know, or whatever. Yeah, but it's kind of the press is this whole other game. You, you know, you need to yeah. you, you have a whole other skill set. It takes a huge amount of time, and I kind of I lose the overall meta game if I <laughs> if I grind too much on this stupid mini game kind of thing. Yeah, right. that makes sense actually. But that mini game is such a multiplier to your. Uh... Yeah, it's interesting because like sometimes you'll end up like at Indicate a couple years ago I ended up talking to like somebody I don't know some like TV show about games or something and that seemed like it would be a really good thing but it's like TV in general the viewers are pretty old and they're not going to be the ones to buy your game so <laughs> old media is dead man well it's like you know you think something that you think is a very legitimate form of like press like you've really yeah. made it is actually not going to be that beneficial to you but somebody's right. like Yogg's cast gets a Hundred thousand views for it's their YouTube channel and stuff like. Uh -huh. so that was awesome. He made me hold his microphone for him. Yeah, <laughs> I think Steve, you're absolutely right, and I absolutely agree with you, but not in this case. Okay. In, in, I mean, it, in it's this really one case. I really, really wanted to finish, release, sell, have some fans play the game and love it, and that's great. Mm -hmm. uh, a couple of people have made Let's Play YouTube videos. I've been interviewed a couple of times. That's great, and I'm going to make my next game, and it's going to be even better. And so yeah, it's a good way to. The bury make, the, bury the corpse your, and move on. <laughs> the, make, the making your next game part is really inspiring. The fact that you're you just been like chilling on our couch. Yeah. Oh yeah. You released I a game on it today. <laughs> um, you'll have to play it. Steve. Okay. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I it's will. like you released a game on Thursday and we're working on a new one on Friday or something like that. Yeah, that's boss. <laughs> just like came out so, came out of the living room and you're just like working on something new. It's like wait, didn't aren't you gonna take a break? Like what? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just I feel like I, I had to play devil's advocate a little bit there because I think that. The, to take the attitude that I'm not going to promote it at all, and I... It's really stupid in 99% of all cases. Yeah. Like, but if it helps you, you know, maintain motivation and pile on to your next game all the much more quickly, then that's totally rad. Because I, I can't do that, right? If I'm, I'm releasing a game, it's like I'm going to have a heart attack. Oh, yeah. Heart attacks get bigger every game. I don't yeah. know why that keeps Jesus happening. Christ. Maybe the stakes seem higher. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's just weird, because, like, maybe if you feel like you now have a reputation that's just like, oh, people like, really loved my last game, so now it's just like... Oh, I, I hate that. Yeah, <laughs> the sequelitis, like the, the, the yeah. fucking, you know, people expecting shit of you, it's ridiculous. Like, I posted uh, this game, but I've posted a bunch of other games, and they're like, they're cute or they're fun, and like, my initial rep was for creepy stuff, and I had a bunch of people on Twitter going, that's great, but when are you going to make that other game that I liked? And I'm like, well, you know, I'm a person, I have feelings. I want to work on the thing that creatively fulfills me. Yeah. No, you don't give a shit about your feelings. Blood, <laughs> blood suicide. Dragons. Murder <laughs> dragon simulator. Um, yeah, I don't know. But I mean, well, okay. So Shadow Physics, I feel like, definitely suffered significantly from the pressure of living up to the expectations of what people had in their head, mm -hmm. which was mm -hmm. not accurate mm -hmm. to reality. Mm -hmm. and I feel like scale is kind of on the same path, but I guess my plan this time is to just overshare everything all the time. <laughs> 
with the exception of giving away all the good puzzles and stuff, because mm. it is kind of has some puzzles in it. So I don't want to spoil all those because that won't be very much fun. But it, I don't know that that comparison between the imagined game based on seeing limited media and the final game that you hold in your hands. That's the real bitch of releasing a game. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's I, that's I, also I, the secret of Kickstarter, incidentally. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like, I feel that same thing with Snapshot because like, uh, and this goes back to like the original prototype <laughs> where people are like, I remember like getting emails from like, like random press people and like they'd be like, hey, like can we do an interview and be like sure, and then when they ask us questions like. Uh, so in Snapshot, can you take a picture of the sun and then paste it into the trees and then set all the trees on fire and burn the forest down? And, was, and we were just like, wow. Like, <laughs> yeah, how do you even respond to that? <laughs> like, you like, should look into Scribblenauts. Right, yeah. I think a lot, of, yeah, a lot of people, I think, projected Scribblenauts onto the game just because... Um, and I, I think it, it was maybe partly uh, a little bit of our mistake of how we phrased what the game was about. Because, like... Um, I know that a couple of times, uh, like, some people on, on the team were just saying to people, like, oh, you can take a photo of anything, and I'm just like, stop <laughs> saying that, because that's not true, it's not part of the game, like, the game is, like, you can take photos of things that you interact with, it's, like, you can't take photos of, like, uh, like, the sun and paste it in the forest, like, <laughs> be a little crazy. <laughs> just code that, what's the problem? It should be yeah, trivial. Yeah, what's the problem? It's just... it, should, it should be trivial. You just need a dynamic <laughs> fire system for, right. for the trees, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean... Well, I mean, it's not that hard to code that, but it is hard to live up to the expectation that of taking a photo of anything and putting it anywhere else. Right. Because you're then you're because that's what was promised, and that's a good soundbite or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. But you I, can't just do that as a one-off. Yeah. It needs to work with everything. Yeah, it needs to be a system of like that can happen as a result of the system, and not as like oh, we just coded this script where you can take a picture of the sun and it lights the trees on fire. Ooh. Wow. Oh, we're just watching Spelunky now. I just, <laughs> Speaking I of just a game that has a lot of good system dynamics. I just avoided an arrow trap. That's why they all look so impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, you um, need to whip those arrows. The press stuff I need to. that we were fast. talking about was interesting. Oh, God, don't die. Because, um, like, for, for, uh, for Offspring Fling, I was trying to get so much press before the game released. Like, maybe, like, a couple weeks before the game was going to come out. And um, my discovery was that nobody gave a shit until the game's out. Yeah. <laughs> like, nobody, like, literally, nobody gave a fuck. Like, I mean, all my friends on Twitter, like, were, like, really supportive and, like, retweeting it. And, like, the trailer was going everywhere on Twitter and stuff like that. But it still wasn't, like, I wasn't on Kotaku or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I tried to reach out to people that have written about my stuff before and, like, just tell them, like, hey, I have a new game coming out. Uh, like, I have, like, a preview build if you want to check it out. It comes out on this day. And I literally get no response at all from like from people that I'd be like, hey, you wrote about my games before and you really liked them. Maybe you'll want to like this game. No, okay, bye. We could be uh, friends, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's really it felt so awkward. But um, yeah. But then after the game came out, then I get all these emails like, hey, like, can we get a review code? Can we get all this stuff? And I was yeah. just like, like I already I, sent it to you. It's like I emailed you guys like, oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> god damn it. Well, to be fair, there must be a lot of people who promise big things and then never ever deliver. Sure. They're probably just cursing themselves against that. Yeah, Kickstarter. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you want to talk about the Kickstarter nope, stuff? No, nope. okay. Oculus. That's, okay, that might be another. Yeah, oh, no, that'll, be, that'll be its own episode. The, uh, <laughs> the Kickstarter, Kickstarter discussion. Yeah. Um, Kickstarter on black. When we put our Kickstarter up. More like up, Kickstarter, am I right? Mm-hmm. We looked no, it up. It's there our off-beater. Off-beater. There's a Kickstarter for porn, everybody. Yeah. Now you know that. There's about five planets. You only know that if you're over 18 and listening to this. Yeah. Um... Otherwise, go play Sonic. <laughs> it's very adult. Even, even if you're uh, over 18, go play Sonic. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I have so much dubstep stuck in my head from the gym. Wow. They only play dubstep. Wait, has it been 20 minutes? Can we yeah, talk no, about CrossFit yet? 20 minutes is the last we can, last we can totally talk about CrossFit now. Uh, they had some metal. It was kind of cruddy, but at the very beginning they had metal. And I was like, oh, all right. They had, like, they high school metal. metal. They were playing Disturbed yeah. and stuff. It's like, yeah, it, oh, it the was, memories. It was not amazing, but... It was like, there was actual metal. Like, I blew myself up, sorry. Go carry on what you're saying. If you're going to lift like 200 pounds and it's like on a timer, I want someone screaming into a fucking mic, not someone talking about their fucking, you know, Feelings? relationships. You know, what you, need, <laughs> you know what you need for that? You need the force of a dragon. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah, but they don't have the drums. They don't have the guitar solos. I've asked them to yes, play Machine do. Supremacy at the gym, and they've obliged me a couple times. And that's, that's cool. when I have my best workouts. Hmm. Or like Dillinger Escape Plan. Where it's just like a wall of ridiculous beats all the time. People have obscure taste. <laughs> no one, no one else likes Dillinger Escape Plan. No, uh, no. I don't listen to much music. 
<laughs> Unless it's from a video game. There's a station in Canada called Much Music, but that's probably not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, but. Yeah, they don't know about yeah, that. I don't like that station at all. I'm convinced Zircon would be amazing workout music. Actually, I used to work out to that uh, when I worked out alone. I can confirm that Horse the Band is, in fact, good workout music. I haven't heard of any of these. <laughs> <laughs> well, Zircon is an OC remix uh, artist. Um, OC um, remix! She's making a little heart, yart. yeah. Yeah, or Corey's making a heart right now. Just okay. imagine that. Yep. Yeah. But um, she's holding a black Wacom stylus, so it kind of looks like a heart with a spear through it. It's a metaphor. If I can't have you, spear through the heart. <laughs> That's what I always say. <laughs> dear God. Your God won't save you now. My dear God won't save me now. Your dear God won't save you from my black spear. Um, so, if I can return to discuss the previous point of creating systems which mm. promise things yeah. and have to deliver on a certain amount of flexibility in order for them to be to feel like worth being in the game, how would you even phrase that? Like, it, <laughs> um, I, I would phrase it as the, the the implied value and then the actual. Like, so you, you don't. It, it is far worse to promise something and not deliver yeah. than to not promise and deliver something. You know. Far Under below. promise, over deliver. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I guess it's sort of like wow, the, the integrity of the system. Like you can't just code one-offs. Yeah. That are cool things. It has to be a result of a system that makes sense and is comprehensible. Uh, I, I code one-offs. Like uh, that's that's what I do in Unity now. I'm becoming more and more and more towards I handcraft <laughs> everything, and I'm just wrapping my design around only promising them. That's interesting. Like my next game is all about bosses. There's nine different dragon bosses. And bosses have this implied promise that they're each different and weird in this, you know, small different ways. So that it's, it's it implies and promises handcraftedness. Okay, that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, like I feel like there's lots of like indie games that are like super narrative driven that are just all basically a series of one-offs that just happen, and a lot of people really enjoy those games. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess that's true. Although. I would argue that even something like Limbo, which is mm. fundamentally a series of well-crafted, well-tuned physics one-offs, still has rules to it. I mean, okay. I guess in, in the instance of Limbo, you could say that the rules that the, is that they're going to reverse the rules on you all the time in order to kill you in a funny way. Oh, okay. <laughs> right? You think it was like those two, those two pads that you step on, one of which you, is the correct place to stand, and the other one is you get blown up? Or you yeah. get smashed. Yeah, I. It's hard for me to remember. I played. I. I, I like blasted oh, through yeah. the game the day it came out on Xbox Live, and then I <laughs> haven't gone back to it. Kill the damsel. Yeah, the damsel didn't see that boulder coming. Not really. She really should have seen that coming based on the instability of the structure buffer. Yeah. Um. Well, I guess I can only really talk about the way that I like to design and play games. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know, I feel like if I'm going to make a game where you can scale stuff, you should be able to scale everything all the time, pretty much. Yeah. And then I need, I as the game designer, my challenge is to come up with a rule that limits that and constrains it in some interesting ways that are not arbitrary, that make sense, and have sort of a reasonable yeah. metaphor like underpinning. The, like the non-portalable walls in Portal. You know, they needed to happen, but they, right. they just made them look a lot different. And There's a whole fiction behind those right. moon rocks and all that. Yeah, no, it was really well done. That's like, you know, they came up with reasonable rules for why no, they yeah, was like, to do. That's, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like they came up with the rule and they just made this uh, plot device that would explain it in some sort of context to the game world. Mm -hmm. And then players are, like, I guess more accepting of it at that point. I mean, I don't know. I'm not sure if I feel more resistant to that kind of stuff than the average person when it comes to making those decisions. Yeah. It's like, it's like when I think about like, oh, well, I'm going to make this thing not like photographable or whatever in Snapshot. And it's just like, will people have a hard time accepting that for like abstract reasons? Yeah. What, it's hard I mean, to, what it's reason like, do you supply as part of the gameplay for things that are not photographable? Well, I mean like the, like the walls uh, in the levels are just not... You can't you, you can't take a picture of like the solid ground that you like run on and like right. because um, I kept I kept thinking about crayon physics when I was like when we were talking about like the really early days of snapshot design. So, so how do you say that? Wait, what? How do you say that? Oh, uh, <laughs> crayon physics. Crayon physics. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it was like uh, I remember that talk by Petri where he he considered the the design of crayon physics a failure, I guess. Right, Because yeah. it was, like, too open-ended, so people just, just sort of... did whatever. Right, and... Yep. I did the same thing for every single level. 
<laughs> did you did you do the double joint and then the big polygon that would just lead the ball to the? <laughs> I limited myself and tried no. to only use pulleys on clouds. Cool. Right, it's like it's like players can can give themselves their own constraints and have a good time, but like I ended up drawing like twenty tiny twenty tiny little lines all on top of each other to like cushion yeah, underneath exactly. the, the ball oh, nice. and That's raise it up. Descending lines. Yeah. yeah, it worked in pretty much every. Yeah. Line. Um. But yeah, because like cheating with cheat dances. Yeah, everything's a different. <laughs> we were creative. Yeah. Or something. Um. Because if you can just do that, if you can just take a picture of the walls and snapshot, then like every level I feel becomes just trivial because it's just like okay, I need to get from point A to point B. I can just take a picture of the wall, so I'll just do that and make a hole, and then go to, and then or just make a platform. Mm-hmm. So some people are confused when they approach the game. It's really, it's really interesting to see somebody um, approach the game with no preconceived knowledge of it, mm-hmm. and versus somebody that already knows it's a game about taking photos of stuff. Because the people that don't know anything about it will just play it, and the first level is just like, you know, learn how to platform. So it's just like here's just your jump height, here's how far you can jump, and like here's how to crawl through like a tunnel, and that's it. And then the next level deals with actually taking a photo of stuff and then like pasting it. But, uh, and those people are less confused. The people that already know it's a game about taking photos of stuff will walk up and they'll be like, okay, this is a game about taking photos of stuff. How do I take a photo? And then they'll take a photo of the wall mm-hmm. and then they'll paste it somewhere. And then they try to jump on it. Mm-hmm. And then they're just immediately confused as to what the hell's going on because then like, they're like, okay, well, this was a game about taking photos of stuff. How come I can't do that? And, yeah. and then, yeah, it's just really weird. So are you worried that, that because that's something that people seem to do, that you should be supporting that because I, I kind of feel yeah, like I don't know. the best <laughs> the best games are the ones where if you ask what if questions, the answer is always yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, like I wonder, Spelunky. Yeah, like right. Spelunky. Like I wonder if I can do this crazy series of things. Oh, yep. Turns out I can. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Yeah. I don't know. Like I feel like at this point it's like we're probably not going to go back and redo that kind of right, thing. Yeah. But like, I I feel like that if I felt, I don't know, like. I feel like at this point maybe I could like prototype that idea some sometime, just being like in like a random like whatever like in Flash or something. Yeah. Like what would that works. Michael had right. could take photos as much as you want. You had right. a really good quote the other day. I think it was something that the cactus told you, which is that when you really really don't want to work on the project, don't make any lists. Just think of a feature and just put it in. Don't think about it for more than an hour. Just start coding it, and that'll you know if it's something really cool. It'll yeah, yeah. Uh, I was in galvanize you. And I was I had this huge work list, and cactus looked up my shoulders just like. Don't, don't make lists. I think I was, I was going to no more Sweden. <laughs> don't make yeah. lists. Yeah, exactly. I am Yunatan. And he just like takes it and crumples it up in front of you. <laughs> well, in the yeah, eyes. it just stares at me. <laughs> yeah. you know. No, but it's really smart. It's really smart. You get this kind of, you, you come up with an idea and then you implement it directly within the same hour. And, right. and then, so you're super excited because there's that phase of, hey, what if you could, you know, blah, and then that's so cool. And then you go you go do it rather than writing a list and putting it on the bottom of your list. And you have to work on the thing you're yeah. not really excited about and do that yeah. later. It's and really easy to overthink later, stuff. Yeah, you know you, when you come to it later, you're not excited about that, but you're excited about something else, and you're just essentially hurting yourself. That was like that one uh, Andy Schatz's talk from last year, a couple of years ago. It, was, it must have been like three years ago now. Oh, uh, time he, is flying. It was uh, twenty eleven, I think, because I remember. It was like his Monaco Tech talk or something like that, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, because I remember like... I was I was at the indie rant after that, and I was like shooting <laughs> my pants in the audience because I was just like, oh my god, I have to go up on stage next. <laughs> <laughs> I must have yeah, looked good... fangirly in the back, like, oh, he's speaking to <laughs> you. But, yeah. yeah, I thought the premise of that was really cool. Just, like, spend every day, like, you know, doing the thing you're most excited about on the project. It may yeah, not be the wisest way of working, but yeah. you're always going to be excited well, about it. Well, that's my favorite way of doing anything. Like, that's why I do game jams all the time, because that's like your only choice at a game jam, mm-hmm. is to work on whatever is coming to your head. Yeah, and, you really can't overthink stuff, and you can't yeah. fixate on the art and how it's not perfect and right. whatnot. You just have to make a decision. Like, everything comes out, like, so gloriously imperfect at a game jam. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I don't know. That's for you. No, like, but to me it does. Like, well... Um, but yeah, like when I was working on Offspring Fling after the after the game jam phase, like I totally got stuck for a while where I was just like overthinking everything, and then mm-hmm. I was just like, you know what, fuck it, I'm just gonna sit down, I'm just gonna code in some random thing that comes to my brain. Yeah, if you find yourself wondering like, are people gonna be confused by this? It's usually yeah. better to just build it and then maybe show it to somebody. Right. You might not even, it'll probably evolve as you're making it. You'll have other ideas and stuff. Yeah, that's 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 like what you're trying to do, right? It's like you're trying to you're trying to find the first thing that will lead down a chain of events and like things that are going to be awesome it's like oh i coded in this thing and then that, that leads to this idea and then you're just like kind of on this like roll for a while 
<laughs> Try to whip that arrow, didn't you? Yeah, that's that's a pro maneuver. You guys start to use the start that whip really early. Yeah, mm-hmm. it has a lot of startup frames. Mm. Um, I remember this. <laughs> so Important spelunky tactics going on in this. Did I tell you? Did I tell you about the results of our experiment? At the, so I taught a game field master class. Quote unquote. Mm. At NYU. It was a master class. <laughs> the quotations are wrong, master. So. Um, <laughs> class. <laughs> the quotations are also wrong, class. Um, but so Darius was there, and Darius ported Spelunky over to Chrome Okay. while we were there. And I was like, we, we should look at the tuning, and we should look, specifically look at the tuning differences between the Xbox version and the mm-hmm. PC version. Yeah. Because both of us had the same experience. Was when we picked up the newly tuned Xbox version, we hated the tuning. Yeah. And it was mostly because we were really used to the old tuning, and it was the same thing but subtly different. And, and you were good at the old thing. I think the old really game... <laughs> isn't the old game 30 frames per second? The old game, I think you're right. I think it's yeah. 30 fips. And I think also... The, it's actually a lot more responsive. Mm. Responsive as in, like, uh, your acceleration is higher, so that you're twitchier, or what? Uh, there's a little bit of that, but I was thinking, like, jump. You know, when you hit the jump, there's very few frames delay between when you actually get the jump. But there's actually quite a few frames of delay Okay. in the Xbox version and the mm. whip. Because it only has two frames of animation in the PC version, right, it comes out and tell. goes away yeah. much more quickly. Yeah. Whereas the whip and the PC version or in the Xbox version takes a huge number of frames to get across its entire arc. Yeah. And it, you know it's it's much prettier and it has like a moving hitbox and stuff. So when you whip it, you, if you time it right, you can hit things above you, which you used to have to back whip to do. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's interesting. I feel like the hitbox actually doesn't match the frames of animation in some places. Like you will <laughs> have the whip overlapping a a thing that you like a Face or well, something. that's just the Yakuza. Right. That's Derek Yakuza. <laughs> yeah, I mean, screw us again. We'll have to see if we can get the frame data, you know, and hitbox data, trace it out. Um, <laughs> well, we were doing that at the at the masterclass thing, right? They, yeah, they found a really neat app that takes 60 FPS video on an iPhone, and then we're looking at a video of somebody pushing a button and then counting the yeah. frames to see how long it takes the game to react. Yeah. Which, what people use that kind of stuff for determining input lag for TVs and fighting games and that yeah. kind of stuff. Which is which is actually pretty disturbing, the findings that they've discovered. Yeah. It's like every TV that they sell in the market, except for this one that we're playing Splunky on right now, <laughs> has terrible input lag. Like, yeah. Not just a little bit of input lag, but like six frames, eight frames, right. ten frames. We were, me and Aaron were trying to play Splunky over at uh, in Aaron's place. And it was just ridiculous. It wasn't fun. It was there's so much delay. I felt like them. I was a beginner again. Right, and then they, they they play games on that TV like all, all the, time. the time. Wow, yeah, that's they that's play fighting games on that TV. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how they do it. Oh man, no wonder when no one. <laughs> I can't I can't talk right now. But You're gonna insult Ben, aren't you? Oh yeah, I was gonna say no wonder Ben is Ben was so scrubby when he showed up. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah, I'm putting you on blast. These guys let, need to let it go. <laughs> you better you better you better bring the A game. Um, yeah, no, like, for a fighting game, that stuff does matter a lot. Like, so if you become accustomed to having that kind of delay, um, then you play on a TV with no delay, or, like, half a frame delay, and you're going to be totally awful. Which is why, like, a lot of tournaments are very picky about, like, what monitors they choose, and what, like... Cause, and then people also say that, like, the PS3 version has different uh, input lag than the Xbox 360 version of, like, Street Fighter 4, for example. So people, like, get, like just go crazy over... You know, like, oh, I've been practicing on the 360 version, and this tournament has the PS3 version, I'm gonna, I'm gonna suck, you know, because of, like, those two frames, because... It makes me think of the game, or the movie The Wizard. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me there'd be a new game! With Sir Frederick of Savage. Yeah. Um, and the movie's great. It was a great movie. Send me an angel. <laughs> <laughs> That's for Tony. <laughs> um, That's not even to mention, like, the difference between online and local play. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder if, I wonder what, for example, Latif would say because he plays a lot online. Yeah. What he would say about how training online affected his tournament play. Yeah, I'm not sure. That's something I'm curious about too. Because like I, whenever I watch like the really high level players, it's like, I mean, the players in like California and the players in New York definitely have enough of a local scene to just you know train with each other all the time. But like, the players that come out of like Arizona, and Arizona has a pretty decent fighting game scene from what I understand too. But I feel like they probably don't have the same range of players that some place in California does. So it's just like, if you just train online, does that actually translate enough to local, like, tournament level stuff to, to make you better? I don't know. 
Let's ask questions. David Serlin. Yeah. <laughs> Let's ask David Serlin to be on the podcast and then ask him. I just bought all the things in the store. So don't kill shopkeepers because... Just just you just don't want to deal with it. Yeah, no, I don't want to deal with it. <laughs> yes, Corey, women be shopping. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I kill shopkeepers out of principle. Why? Because they're filthy capitalists? I don't know. I'm trying to think of what the principle is. <laughs> the, the principles I want their shit. <laughs> ah, right. Remember that time I killed all the shopkeepers in the black market using only a machete? Yeah, that was horrifying. It was <laughs> cold-blooded killer. Wow. I wish there was an achievement for they that. Made, they, made a, they made a movie about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they drew first blood. For that time where a poison snake wandered into the shop and then riled them all up and somehow they blamed me. Like, I, I'm not I'm not a snake. I'm not. <laughs> it's harder to come oh up God. with a reasonable I did not hit you. That. I did not. <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. It's never the wrong time for the room reference. <laughs> right. Yeah. What did we decide was the room of video games? Oh, Phantasmagoria. Please hey, don't get, Aaron. Please don't get me started. Talk about Phantasmagoria, <laughs> No, I won't. Aaron. I won't. <laughs> it's so bad. Just watch it on YouTube. Um, I don't understand how something that categorically <laughs> terrible was made by humans for <laughs> millions of dollars. Oh, yeah. Not just made by humans, but very popular. Yeah. I don't know. The first five minutes were interesting. The first five minutes were titties and racism. <laughs> Wait, That's what I said. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Stuck a, Look some, it up. It's a, in the dictionary. Yeah, Osama bin Cobra in there. It's not even, <laughs> it's not even in the game. It's nice. just a cobra wearing a turban. <laughs> it's just in the intro. Yeah, so you should watch it. It's amazing. Should we, should we put a link to that in the in the blog post? I would. Okay. You know, it's. I mean, it's things that we discussed. It, it's it's combining people two of people's worst fears. Yeah, <laughs> I've spent entire afternoons. Like a spider pilot. I've right. spent entire afternoons with friends watching playthroughs of this game, trying to figure out what what somebody was trying to create with this and like where it all went so wrong yeah it's the product of a diseased mind adventure games a beautiful disease <laughs> I don't know that can be said about you know most of my games <laughs> <laughs> wait why would it be said of most of your games not all of them didn't the same mind point. create moments of lucidity Todd, the beautiful disease don't hold me to what I say <laughs> <laughs> why are we doing I'm gonna this I'm going to rub your nose in it um Cool. Sounds like we're sort of petering out. Yeah, I mean, we it's we're almost at an hour, so if you guys just want to say it's an hour long thing, then oh, snap, that's a good idea. We can. Uh, oh wow, it's almost like we planned this out. Yeah. Right. Um, yes. Except for this part. So yeah, and any this part. any uh, this any. And this part and this part. Yeah. <laughs> she has to deal with this all day, every day. Any uh, any closing statements? Any closing thoughts from from anybody about anything we talked about or whatever you want? This house is haunted. I just made it to the jungle, and I, I met Tunnel Man. We have to oh, redo wow, the tunnel you shit because uh, we got a new yeah, Xbox. Yeah, what the hell is that all about? I thought I downloaded my profile. Where is and my... You have to do it. You have to do a cloud save for that to work. What is that? What? Wait, it, just, it asks you at the beginning if you want to do a cloud save or oh, really? like a hard drive save. Oh, um, it's a disappointing ending to our podcast. <laughs> redo yeah. Tunnel Man. Um, it's too bad you weren't recording earlier when I was trying to sign into my Xbox. Oh yeah, Windows <laughs> Live. Ring of creative. Why is Mike? Why is Why is Microsoft so terrible at uh, like almost all things and like? <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> what, did, what did you say earlier? <laughs> Every time I can't sign into my Xbox, uh, a Microsoft executive gets his horns. <laughs> right, right. But it's like Games for Windows Live has always given like it's never worked at all for me ever, and I don't know, I don't know anyone that likes it. And all these games use it. And every time a game uses it, it gets it gets like ridiculed. Like it's I don't know. It's it's crazy. Somebody's I actually money. never got to play Dawn of War two because of games for Windows Live. Yeah, fuck. That's why I have my games for Windows Live account because I wanted to play Dawn of War two. How the fuck did you ever get it to work? I spent like I an created hour a on new it. one wow. from scratch <laughs> just for Dawn of War two. Yeah. See. Wow. I don't know. Yeah. And then so you have you went through all this crap to get your Xbox Live profile working again. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm a fucking Xbox developer. I've got a developer account and everything. I have, like, you know, in a notepad on my desktop, like, six or seven Microsoft accounts at this point. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I keep them separate from my actual shit because they don't, they do not, they don't play well with others. Yeah. Disappointment, that is this tone of today, I guess. Sorry. So, I didn't want to, I need really to bring it up. Really I just got eaten by a piranha, so, yeah. yeah. Was, we well, really I mean, down. yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of creative positive criticism we could we could try to solve that those problems for them but we don't actually need to do that because those problems have been solved by other companies 
<laughs> they could just look at the other companies that are doing. Look forward to seeing none of our games on Xbox ever. <laughs> <laughs> look forward to all of us being blacklisted forever. Yep. Um, yeah. Well, it will be. Uh, it wouldn't be Xbox 360 anyway at this point, right? Right. Because yeah. it takes it takes like 140 percent as much time to make a game for Xbox. Hmm. And then, yeah. <laughs> wow, that's all you really have to say about okay, that. We're looking for a positive note. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Maybe Cora can sing our song. This house is actually haunted. I don't think that's true. I'm pretty sure that's true. Oh, it's only when you're More home alone. This. It's only it's only when you're home alone. Though, yeah, right? I'm sorry In we filled the house. With, I'm sorry we filled the house with murderers and we're not here. Yeah, <laughs> that's our bad. Yeah, yeah I, I always try to leave the uh, murder hole unlocked so that all the murderers <laughs> get out <laughs> when we leave the house. Yeah. <laughs> They care for the birds, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, somebody's got to. They have a soft spot for but, Finch. Yeah. <laughs> they sharpen their knives all night next oh, to Corey. Fine. Yeah. Um, okay, so... Is that going to do it? I think that'll do. Um, okay, so thanks to Michael Todd for, I guess, stopping by for a few weeks to live in our house. <laughs> <for a while. laughs> Phoenix uh, is amazing. Uh, Especially in August. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> That's when you want to visit Phoenix. Mid-August. <laughs> <laughs> I Triple feel like digits. a dry corn husk. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I guess uh, if you want to plug yourself again, go for it. Um, we, we can just put URLs yeah. there. Yeah. Um, I'm Michael Todd, and I'm awesome. Cool, <laughs> that was awesome. Um, we should put a guitar solo after that. Oh, yeah, we should figure out if we're going to do some music at the end or the beginning. I think we should have Corey sing the Indie Game House song, and then have Danny B like, write a song. Oh, my God. Wow. Could I? <laughs> wow, that was awesome. Did you see that? Arrow kill that spider that I didn't even intend. <laughs> I did I that. Spunky makes you feel Spunky. awesome. I meant to do that. Right. Yeah. That's what you said. Um, okay, this has been the pilot episode of the Indie Game House podcast. Uh, I'm Kyle Pulver. I'm Aaron Robinson. I'm Steve Swink. I'm Corey Nolan. Boner, boner, boner. <laughs> and I'm Michael Todd. Michael Todd. <laughs> and we'll see you guys next time.